Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Capsule RX Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Dr. Jovan Lazo. I'm here with uh, my former co-resident. I say former because I'm done with residency, but he's still in it. <laughs> he's mad at me right now. He's mad at me right now. Um, Dr. Sam Gata, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great. Um, we're super excited to have you on here. You have a very unique and interesting background, and you're the last of the PGY2s, um, so we saved the best for last when it comes to you. We've had Alex um, and Bailey come on and kind of share some different paths uh, to their story and um, imposter syndrome with Alex, but with Sam, Sam, for one, comes from a different country, so that's something that's very interesting, and then also um, he has a military background, so we wanted to kind of touch, touch upon that today, um, and Sam, can you kind of just give your, give a brief introduction to our audience? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. Uh, it's really good to be here with both of you and uh, yeah. to be part of your team. Yeah, we're uh, lucky to have you. Talking to you guys and uh, just a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Samuel Gata. Uh, I have an N on there. Everybody says yes. Nagata. The N is silent. Uh, so um, I was born in Kenya. That's where I grew up most of my mm-hmm. life. I went to uh, school there most of my life, all the way through high, through high school. And then after that, I was home for a little bit uh, before I migrated into the United States. So that's a little bit of my background there. And then uh, from the United States, uh, things, you know, changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I moved into Georgia, Atlanta. So my dad was living at that time. And uh, it was a really big surprise for me, you know, coming from Africa, um, different types of settings. So for me, it was a big surprise and, you know, trying to figure out things around here. Yeah. That was good. And then, uh, you know, after that, uh, staying there, I, you know, kind of worked, trying to get myself adjusted. And then just during that time that, uh, the military, uh, came through me. I had an interest in, in the military growing up, but it wasn't that, uh, strong until I came here. And then, uh, that's when the, the topic was introduced by my mom. By your mom. So, how how were you always interested in it? Uh, for me, it was more of a thought of it as uh, something that's just noble to do, right? Uh, I thought mm. it would make me grow in a different way. Uh, I will tell you, um, in my country, joining the military is difficult for sure. It's a whole different process. Uh, but coming here, I knew there was an opportunity for sure okay. to do that. Uh, also, I thought it was a different way for me to learn the environment and to give back. Because uh, definitely coming here, to me, I saw it as an opportunity to grow. Uh, so doing when that conversation came, it wasn't an easy decision for sure. Mm-hmm. I had to think a lot. Uh, had people yeah. that I, it's a big commitment. It is a big commitment. Yeah. You just can't just make that decision easily. And most people struggle with that. I yeah. was younger then. I was maybe twenty one. I knew what I wanted, okay. but I just wasn't sure about the military yet. But it took me a little bit of time to think about it, and I made that decision. Okay, perfect. So you kind of thought through the probably pros and cons. You came to this decision. Now, how do you go from the military to pharmacy? That's a whole different story, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, coming in here, I knew I wanted to go to school well, when I came to the United States. Uh, my interest at that time was either to go to medical school or be a dentist, but mm-hmm. you know that that was what I was thinking about. So when I joined the military, uh, it, it was expressed to me that there's uh, also uh, an opportunity for me to go to school. And what they did, actually, they're paying that for you. So that was a very good thing for me because after that, I realized that going to college here is expensive, right? Very expensive. Uh, yeah, and I, I didn't know how to borrow money. I think I just had, you know, I didn't know anything. Yeah. So uh, when that opportunity came, I said, okay, I think this is about time that I uh, can go ahead and, uh, you know, get some education uh, mm-hmm. while I'm in the military, which was one of the best decisions that I made. So I would work and then in the evening, I'll just attend classes and then come back 
just balancing it all. It wasn't too hard for me to do that. Um, and at that time, I was pretty much focusing on maybe uh, doing, you know, some sort of uh, school to go into medical school. But as I continued on, I knew I had other interests. So I also loved uh, the pharmacy world. I thought that was really good, unique okay. in its way. And I knew there's a way I could contribute uh, into that as well. And that's how my interest started. So I just started taking classes slowly uh, when I was in the military uh, and all that. And then I did my four, four years in active duty. Mm-hmm. And it was around that time that they were downsizing at that time, I remember, uh, back in 2014 or something like that. And I saw an opportunity that maybe I can come out and go in, be a reserve. So pretty much part-time military. Okay. So that I could focus more on school. So have that balance because I had already get got to the tough classes and I knew I needed mm-hmm. time to do that. And I needed more, uh, you know. Time to focus on these yeah. things and take. So you're classes. in like the core classes. You finish the prereqs and all that type. Most of, thing. of them. Okay. So, uh, so I came out and um, once I, I separated, I went to uh, reserves, mm-hmm. and it was from there that my journey uh, to pharmacy pretty much started. I uh, enrolled in a community college back in North Carolina. That's where I moved. My brother was living there. I had to live rent free. Come on, I mean nobody wants. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was an opportunity for it's me. It's expensive. Yeah. So I made yeah. sure I joined a community college over there. Okay. Uh, I never stopped. So I went to school all through. Never had a summer break. Um, after that, I took all the classes that I needed. And just as a backup, I decided to go to University of North Carolina, back down in Wilmington. Because I was like, okay, I'm going to get my bio uh, chem degree just in case things don't go the way I wanted it to go. Okay. And I tailored my um, pretty much my classes towards pharmacy and also ophthalmology. So those are the two things I was actually thinking I'm going to go into. Okay. Uh, and then finally, uh, I applied to both places. I did actually apply to ophthalmology school and pharmacy school as well. And then pharmacy took me first. So Where'd you go to pharmacy school? So for me, pharmacy school, I went to East Tennessee State University. Uh, okay. out, out there, it's beautiful. For those that have never been to Tennessee, especially the Appalachia areas, it's it's really, really, really beautiful. Good place to go to school. Uh, I had a small class, uh, East Tennessee State University, really a great school. Small classes, I think our class had maybe 68 students, maybe, so we knew each other. Um, Very small classes, very personable. So that's where I did my pharmacy school. A good, a good time, you know, Mm -hmm. and I hiked a lot out there as well. was it a four-year program or three? Yes, it's a four-year program okay. out there. So it was a four years of pharmacy school. And that's where, you know, my exposure to pharmacy started. I'm going to tell you, when I went to class, uh, honestly, I didn't know so many drugs. All I knew mm-hmm. was maybe three drugs. I knew Tylenol. Yeah. Okay. Periton. I don't know if they have Periton in America. We used to take that back at home. Okay. And uh, just antacids. That's all I knew. So mm-hmm. um, it, for me, it was a big adjustment. Um not even considering also I was uh, almost adjusting too from my military mindset as well. So it was, it was a little bit difficult and different for me as well yeah. and going through it. That's interesting you say that because now that I think about it, I don't think I knew that many drugs either, just in general, mm-hmm. before going to pharmacy school. I think it was, I knew a lot more about pathophysiology of things. I always thought pathophysiology was like one of my favorite classes um, in undergrad. So I don't know if I really knew too many drugs besides some over-the-counters like you named um, so something you might use. So that's interesting. I wonder how many pharmacists actually knew a lot of drugs before going into pharmacy school. Because if you don't know the prescriptions, you're not taking them. Why would you know them? <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's it. That's kind of, a, I never thought of that. That's cool. Um, but okay. So you went through that whole transition coming from Kenya to Atlanta, Georgia to then join the military. I'm sure you traveled a lot. You did a lot in there. And thank you for your service, by the way. Thank you. Um, 
doing that and then you went to you were at um community college and then you went to unc wilmington and then from there you went to east tennessee state and that's where you did your that's where you got your farm d degree from Correct. so going through there going through your rotations after you finished school, you decided to do a PGY-1. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. So why did you decide to do a PGY-1? And not only that, you came all the way down to Florida. <laughs> so why did you pick Florida? Oh, uh, Okay. Uh, so for me, when I came into pharmacy school, I um, my first year, I kind of, you know, more of an introduction in classes and everything, but I, I, I found an interest in oncology. So there was a, mm. there was one of my professors that was doing great uh, research out there. And I said, you know, uh, can I be just come and just look and see what you do? And we'll go from there. And I fell in love with oncology. So I did my research for three years uh, over there. Pretty much we were looking at uh, plant-based uh, treatments uh, in onc, trying to figure out how they can treat pancreatic cancer. Um, so that's what we were working on at, at that time. You know, I was like, I like that. I, I love the involvement. I love um, this stuff more. I know it was research, but at the same time, you know, that uh, learning and a whole lot of how we can use different therapies was good for me. And then, if you think about Tennessee and, and the community out there, uh, they uh, when it comes to health disparities, that's why you see it a lot. Uh, mm. A lot of people have uh, diabetes. Uh, Smoking is a big issue there. Uh, substance abuse is a big issue. And my school was really focused on community, uh, giving back to the community because uh, ETSU or Bill Gatton College of Pharmacy was built off of the people of East, the Appalachia area. So we always wanted to give back to the community. Okay. And uh, for me, getting involved uh, out there into different organizations and going out there to serve patients and talking to them, that is what I felt like passionate about. And I knew this is, uh, if anything, I could get that going through residency. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, with residency for me, I thought it would open up more of the opportunities. That doesn't suddenly mean that uh, community pharmacists can do that, but it just, for me, community, community pharmacies, pharmacy was not what I thought my calling was. It's great okay. what they do, it's a tough yeah. job. Yeah. But I knew definitely residency would be the one that would be opening me up for different types of experiences. Uh, and I think uh, when I hit maybe my second year, maybe halfway through, I knew exactly residency is where I want to go. I had passion for oncology. That was pretty much maybe one of my first choices. And also ambulatory care as well because of the you know how we can do managing patients, chronic conditions. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting for me at that time. Okay. And then picking... Um, do you mind if we say where you did your PGY-1? No, no, no. It's okay. Okay. So, so you did it at Avon Health Orlando is where you did your PGY-1. So being there, you were definitely exposed to a lot of different things because it's such a large hospital. Um, so being there, I'm sure you learned a lot of different things. And I'm, I'm positive you got some oncology and also some AmCare experience. So what kind of transition do you to do a PGY-2 in ambulatory care here at Celebration? Yeah. And I think I, I missed out why did I choose Florida? Yeah. I take risks. I'm a risk taker. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you're to hear first america if you want to succeed in life you got to take risks yes i'm a risk taker and i'm gonna tell you uh my thought about florida uh, was the guy that would say if i'm coming to florida i'm coming to visit i don't want to be a florida man yeah. uh, you know you don't want to be a floridian no, i'm just gonna come visit and leave but you yeah. know here i am that's how i ended up here but the reason why actually i was attracted to here is because of advent health mm-hmm. when i was looking into pharmacy schools i uh, saw advent health orlando and what they had is it's a big hospital for those that have never been there quite a lot of experiences over there as well and it's a group large group of residents 
which is really good as well if you need that support and rapport with people that was yeah. really good for me and when i went to interview there you know I, I fell in love completely with the place and i knew this is where i can be challenged to grow mm-hmm. uh, it was a different time during our, uh, the time we were doing uh, you know looking for residencies because covid that's when it started hitting hard and uh you know uh being at Advent Health Orlando was actually the place to be at that moment. I mean, it's not, it was not a happy place, but quite a yeah. lot going on at that time. But that's how I ended up uh, transitioning from uh, inpatient mindset to uh, doing a PGY2. Yeah. That's a whole different story. And it comes yeah. with, I'm going to tell you, everything comes with, uh, with um, failure and also looking at things d- differently. So I did apply to, uh, I did, when I did my uh, interviews at that time looking for PGY2s, I looked into oncology as well, inpatient, and also looked into ambulatory care as well because I wanted to make sure that I have passion for both. Mm-hmm. Um, I was up at that time. I was thinking maybe oncology more, and then uh, M care is more of like if it doesn't happen, then I can go into this side of M care because I also when I was a PGY one, I had a you know rotation with a heart failure clinic, okay. and they did more of the M care side of it. So I, I loved it a lot. So. It didn't happen to me when I applied for uh, PGY2 going into uh, UNC, so I never matched in phase one. Uh, okay. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on here. It never broke my heart as such because I knew I already had got the training that I needed to be successful. Mm-hmm. But I also was willing to, um, you know, if at all something comes up and and, and I had mentors over there. Uh, and uh, my uh, that time, RPD suggested maybe I should look into MCARE. Uh, and they knew like celebration needed... Uh, uh, residents as well at that time i interviewed here in the fa- uh, in the beginning also east as well okay but, but you know i well, phase two i knew they needed a, a resident and i um pretty much interviewing again as meeting again uh with uh the rpd here and we talked mm-hmm. about about what it has to offer here and i thought this is the place i want to be so just moving from orlando coming here to me was pretty easy but actually transitioning from an inpatient mindset yeah <laughs> it's a whole different ball game yeah Going, like even even for me being more of an ambulatory care focused residency but the pgy1 program here and then having to staff on the weekends and do inpatient working clinically on the weekends as well or doing inpatient um rotations it's a completely different mindset mind shift that you have to do and that's something you really got to prepare yourself sometimes because you got to realize like oh these things that were so important that mattered so much on the outpatient setting are so irrelevant <laughs> on the inpatient setting and you got to remember that and realize like hey it's almost like two sides of a corn two sides of corn two sides of a coin and you got to make sure to be able to flip to either side when at any moment's needed if you're going to be working on both sides of the spectrum correct uh tough time i think yeah. uh coming coming here my first uh, i think uh, i'm a cool residency as well uh definitely pgy2s over here with like in a test it was a, a very difficult time for me to be able to adjust uh, to understand how things flow um and just how documentation is and how, you know, <laughs> where everything is. But I mean, it happens. It just, uh, put, you, I put my focus. I definitely pulled some late nights here. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have. Uh, yeah, but uh, it all worked out. <laughs> it all worked out for me. And also I had opportunities to go ahead and, you know, go upstairs and uh, do some inpatient work. And I thought that really balanced out for me. It ended mm-hmm. up to be actually worked out for me just a little bit of time. And I was there. Okay, perfect. So... Overall, um, because your background is so interesting, do you feel like that military background had any impact on your pharmacy career, whether it's in the PGY-1 or in the PGY-2 or even going now um, into actually just practicing no longer being a resident? Do you feel that that military background had a 
impact, whether positive or negative, on kind of the way your career has steered? I would say uh, military as a lifestyle is a whole different thing, but uh, I was in the Air Force and some of the core um, principles they stood for, uh, what they wanted you as an airman to do uh, as their core or what they believed in was first you have to have service before self. Um, integrity is very important as well as excellence in all that you do. That's all the things that I remember a lot going through my military times. And uh, what I remember also being uh, told all the time is accountability. Accountability is something that you have to have. Discipline is what you need to have at all times. And uh, sometimes you might fall short on a few things, but you have to have that as well. So what did the military bring me? Uh, what did I bring from the military coming through pharmacy school and also through my residency? I think it's the resilience and to be able to work with the team, you know, um, yeah. constantly. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to promote when I was in the military. I left as a staff sergeant. So I, I had been in leadership positions and in places where I had to make tough decisions, uh, mm -hmm. leading people. I've been a follower as well. So those are the things to just match together, you know, and mm -hmm. coming in, I think the resilience that, that I got from the military, more of a discipline mindset. Uh, mission focused uh, you have to do what you need to do regardless of what you have around you I think that was really good for me and also just interacting with different people you, know, you have to think about the military is a, a boiling point of everybody right you have different people from different backgrounds so for me that really uh, served me well because I understood um, sometimes I'll definitely understand uh, maybe my co-residents viewpoint or also my patient's viewpoint or whoever it might be my preceptor mm -hmm. as well viewpoint or a patient's viewpoint it's just different ways in how you in, relate with people but i'll say uh, the military for me has been very positive uh, definitely I, like i always say i'll always go back if anything uh, i love it i love everything uh, that it provided for me as well as uh, what it built made me be uh, definitely yeah. have to put some work to get there uh, but um, it's manageable uh, pretty great experience and just having that going through pgy1 or even pharmacy school is a different type of stress uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's never the same uh, you definitely I felt intimidated in the beginning going through it but at the same time I, I stood by what I believed in and what I thought was right I uh, definitely for those that know me is I definitely say what has to be said uh, definitely respectfully but I am not afraid to bring it up if it needs to be brought up sometimes I think that's good to do and it just bear the consequences and uh I think the military, what it did to me is also to be able to accept when actually you fell short. You have to. Uh, and that's so holding yourself accountable. Completely. You know, okay. if it's your fault, it's your fault. You, you take it and then you have to kind of recalibrate again and then come back and do it again. So those are the things that I hold dearly up to now. And I think that's uh, uh, made me successful uh, to where I've been and always con continuously learning to make uh, things uh, better for me and also the people that I work with as well. Okay. And I could definitely see that like working along with you. I see you have a specific aura about you. You know, when you speak, people listen. And it's like a, a voice that has, I don't want to hate you, but a voice that has been through experiences. You know, it's like you could tell that he's coming from uh, a place of respect. It's like you respect everybody when you're talking to them. And people, I don't, I don't, Alex hates when I do this, but Alex is in the background. I know he probably agrees. Uh, <laughs> but this is something that like, I've noticed. I'm, I'm more than positive. Students have noticed this. Patients have noticed this. That there's just a confidence and aura around you and a respect 
and leadership qualities within you that I think maybe the the military helped bring out of you, and then you just have it on full display now. It's like you've you've like tamed a life, <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like you've mastered being a man or something like that, and it's like you you show that in pharmacy, and I think that's a beautiful thing how you're able to to do that, and also how it relates to coworker interaction, right? Because there's so many diverse, not only patients, but also coworkers that you have, especially in, in this setting. And in, in, in your case, where you were in an inpatient setting, where there's probably a lot more pharmacists you worked with, going to a whole bunch of different rotations, a lot of different pharmacists, preceptors, a lot of different, um, you had a different RPD there, then you're coming here, you have a new RPD, you have new pharmacists um, that you're working with, new preceptors, PGY1s, PGY2 students, a lot of different moving parts. But to have like a calm aura and a calm presence helps to hold things down, steady ship, and kind of like really hone in um, on what's important. What you When you speak, it's only about, it's not about nonsense. It's about important things, things we need to change, things that could help improve workflow, um, could better our patients, like you said, be of service to our patients, and just try to make our clinics like more excellent, right? So that's something awesome that I kind of noticed about you. And I, and I definitely wanted to ask you this later on, but I feel like you kind of touched on it. Um, what are like, some of the three to five takeaway points, I feel like you kind of touched on them, but what are some takeaway points from the military that really, really impacted you in pharmacy and or that you wish more pharmacists had to help improve their experience as a pharmacist or their workflow or their interaction with their coworkers or patients? It could be characteristics, it could be traits, um, just different things. Yeah, uh, I think the first thing first is uh, work with what you got. Um, making sure that um, when you are provided with uh, uh, opportunities, mm-hmm. whatever resource that you have with you, that you are working with that, uh, making the full uh, use of it as well, uh, mm-hmm. that would be really good to do. And well, in the military, you'll be put somewhere uh, and you've got to work with what you have to work with. Uh, something else that has to be there is uh, more of a communication. Uh, communicating is very important. Uh, holding people accountable is always very important, as well as holding yourself accountable uh, to understand that if you're in a position as being a pharmacist, you are a leader, whether you like it or not. Um, definitely people are looking up to you, and there's a specific standard that you have to constantly hold yourself to, um, which, which I, of course, I do. Um, something else that I think um, maybe uh, that anybody, even pharmacists, uh, students, um Anybody going through uh, just a rotation or could be a pharmacy experience is to be able to be open-minded. Uh, mm. yeah. Listen listen first and uh, as, far, as much as you can suppress your emotions as well. Uh, we all come from different backgrounds and sometimes we tend to listen with our, with our emotions. Uh, we impact uh, whoever we're working with or even our patients as well. Uh, the goal is to try to minimize that and listen to them first before you uh, say anything. It's a struggle. Uh, I still work with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something you have to constantly be able to do. And I think uh, what you get out of it is uh, more of a easy communication path that you can have with your patients, with whoever you have around you. doesn't necessarily mean you'll never have conflicts. Conflicts will come. Uh, just be able to be uh, you know, objective about whatever you're trying to do. And if there's anything that needs to be addressed, then it has to be addressed. Uh, you say it face-to-face to whoever you need to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, make it private as well. And just try to make it uh, a positive impact on the person. Uh, sometimes people don't take things, uh, especially if it's criticism well. 
and this is yeah. normal. We we human beings we expect it to feel that way, but uh, it's good to understand that uh, being patient and taking kind of those characteristics can really be helpful uh, in, in just helping you grow. Definitely, definitely, and I think one of the key things you touched upon, which I believe a lot of pharmacists probably uh, employers in general i should say are looking for in an employee whether you're a potential residency candidate uh applying for a pharmacist job is have is being open-minded right. being open-minded to different possibilities not being locked into groupthink, not trying to force only one narrative try to think of all the different possibilities and different solutions that could um that could resolve a situation right Another thing that I think is important that you also mentioned is really try to think logically before you speak. Be a bit patient. It's not, there's going to be times, and trust me, if you work in Amcare, you're going to have some patients that annoy you and piss you off, but you, you're not going to react that way, right? You're going to hold it within, you're going to be patient, and you're going to respond in a logical manner, in a well-thought-out manner. Um, and that's something, too, that we always got to remember whenever we're dealing with um, patients, with colleagues. That there's going to be times where you may not be in the best mood. You could have just woke up on the wrong side of the day. We're people. We do have emotions. And it's perfectly understandable if you're having a bad day. But it's not understandable to just lash out somebody because you're having a bad day. So being able to uh, manage your emotions and definitely uh, respond logically. Think about think before you speak. Old saying. Just take the time to think before you speak and kind of be patient. Let certain um, situations kind of play themselves out and kind of observe sometimes sometimes it doesn't hurt to sit back and watch and observe a situation and have it unfold for you instead of forcing the narrative so yeah i can definitely see how all those things could be beneficial um to anyone listening to help improve either their workflow improve their interaction with their colleagues or with their patients as well so thank Correct. you sam and just something to add on to that i think uh, i had mentioned that when we we came here into a fast into a residencies uh, if you ever want to grow, first of all, put yourself in a position where you are the most uncomfortable that you've never yes. ever been. That's the only way you can grow. And um, always express to your colleagues your weakness. Why? Um, why is that? It's because they can help you grow with that. Um, mm-hmm. If you're working with someone, definitely, um, if you're an area you're struggling with, why put too much effort and time? Uh, well, someone else can be able to project uh, something out of you that you did not realize that you had. So. Yeah. recognizing that is very important and just making sure that you're sharing that with whoever you're working with and the goal of course is to make each other better and uh, that's what uh, i could definitely say as well can be uh, very good uh, so, as you go through residency as well yeah yeah self-evaluations um that's that's why i always tell people there's a reason why companies always do this it's it's not for fun like they have been proven to they have been shown to improve workflow or improve personal development, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a reason why they ask you to do a self-eval. There's a reason why people ask you to evaluate them so they can know how to improve and how to be better. Um, and since you kind of mentioned this, I'm going to put you on the spot, Sam. Uh, what would you say is one of your weaknesses? And if you don't have a weakness for yourself, what would you say is one of my weaknesses? We can put me on this. Uh, no, I'm, I'm okay to say one of my weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> I was growing through that. I, I think... Uh, uh, like I said, sometimes um, yeah, some things I don't like uh, sometimes, and mm. I'm, I'm a pretty vocal person. I'll express it. Mm. Uh, but I think sometimes patience, like you said, patience uh, helps. And I think going through PGY2 is something that I've been able to grow. Um, so being, I think for me, sometimes I can be reactive. And maybe when I'm not uh, pleased with something, almost almost 
shut down a little bit. Not really completely, but it can mm-hmm. it can cross my mind. So what I do uh, to deal with that is to be able to get out the environment for a little bit. Uh, that's why you see me taking walks. I take my walks outside. Uh, yeah. I'll take a random uh, walk around the office and you know pop my head and see how everybody's doing. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is to get me out of the situation where I have that feeling, and then kind of makes me look at it in a different dimension as well. So. <laughs> yeah decompress decompress yeah, a little bit before to. you react yeah 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 and, and that's what we kind of talk about like think before you speak like maybe you have to do an action to help you get to a calmer state of mind because you know the response you want to give is not the that the one you actually want to give the response you're thinking of at that time is not the response you want to give so you might need to go for a walk you might need to take five water break maybe go have a snack maybe you need a snickers you never know uh um do different things like that to kind of help you recenter yourself right. to be able to respond appropriately to the situation that's at hand. So I can definitely see that. Now you got me thinking about a weakness, but I don't know. I feel like I got a lot. I don't know. Alex, you got anything? You got any weaknesses for me? For you? Yeah, for me. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about saying maybe doing too much at one time. Uh, I'd say, I don't know if your mic can pick up this far. I, I can repeat it if they can't hear you. Yeah, I mean... Um, you do have a lot of goals that you have. You have a really mm. long laundry list. Yeah. I think your weakness is kind of trying to prioritize mm. some of those goals because you, you want to accomplish so much, but you, you do have a limited amount of time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. No, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so anybody that's listening... If you can't think of a weakness of yourself, ask one of your coworkers, your colleagues. Um, Sam is always about influencing people and wanting the best out of people and expecting the best, expecting you to expect the best for yourself or want the best for yourself. So that's why I wanted to also share something related towards me. So if you didn't hear, Alex mentioned that basically I have a lot of different goals that I want to accomplish a lot of different things. So my biggest weakness is prioritizing on which ones to focus on first, you know, um, that can be a good thing. There's a lot of things I want to work on, but I can't do everything. I have a limited amount of time, so I have to be able to prioritize my time, so time management, but I also have to prioritize which tasks are the most important tasks um, for me to tackle first. So that's something that um, I'll definitely take into account and evaluate and see how I can improve upon that. Because at the end of the day, when it's your colleagues, your friends, preceptors, etc., you know, they're really trying to help you be a, the best version of yourself. And you may not always see the flaws that you have, but other people can identify them and and not only identify them, but sometimes give you recommendations to help improve yourself um, so you don't stay in that situation. But thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. We're not going to get into Alex's weaknesses. Uh, we'll say that for another podcast. I'm perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're perfect. Um, but yeah, okay. So thank you, Sam, for sharing that. And then I only had a couple more questions for you. Um, so one... For anyone that's listening, that's considering maybe joining the military services or the armed services as either a pharmacist or joining before and going into pharmacy school afterwards, what advice would you give them um, for that process? Um, first, to find yourself. Uh, if you want to do it, go for it. I encourage people to do that because... Um, it opens door, different types of doors, different types of opportunities. You get to travel a lot. Um, so it can give you that. And I understand it's not for everybody, but if you need some structure, you need to figure yourself out, especially if you're younger, 
and you just don't know what to do, go ahead and give some service back to the country. Uh, it's something to be proud of. Uh, very, very good to do. Uh, to me, I, I love it. I loved it. And I don't think I'll have done it any other way uh, differently. And also, if you're considering maybe uh, to get the benefits that come with it uh, coming through the mil through the military, um, you, you got your GI Bill that will be able to support you through school, which is important. Uh, uh, School's you know, expensive. Uh, it's always expensive going through school. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to uh, utilize my uh, GI Bill and educational benefits to take me all through uh, pharmacy school, which is great. So uh, definitely something I'll... If you're considering to do, then go ahead and do it. Follow your own heart. Uh, everybody has a different perception of uh, what they think about uh, the armed service or the uniformed services, and it's fine. At the end of the mm -hmm. day, it's you and what you want to do. I think it, it, it gives you a different perspective and also allows you um, an, an opportunity to serve. Uh, if you're planning to do that, maybe going through the military to figure yourself out and maybe, you know, college is not for you or whatever, and that's okay. Uh, go figure that out. But for those that uh, think, like, I want to go in and I want to be a pharmacist, there's different avenues to do so. It, it could be long, but I can just summarize here quickly. Uh, if you want to go in, you can go either as an enlisted person if you didn't go through college, and then from there you can take classes or try to go officer route where you can just apply to go to be an officer and then you can go through school and you go back and give your time for them because, of course, they took you through school. Another way to do it is to do your four years, six years, whatever years you want to do, get out, get mm -hmm. your GI Bill, and you're good to go. Uh, for those that are already in pharmacy school or college, uh, medical school, whatever it is that you're listening, uh, you can also, uh, these jobs that the military do actually offer um, a tuition assistance or they can pay for your college uh, well you do that and then when you're done you just have to go back uh, give them uh, the service and then you're done but at the end of it all you know you're the one benefiting uh, you're, 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 you're getting your school paid for you're going back to serve which is great and then after that it's your choice if you want to continue on to serve into the military or if you've had enough and you want some different type of experiences as well uh, you can get out and it gives you also an opportunity to work uh, closely either if you want to be the government institution the va system uh, if you want to work uh, just anything that involves the the government it becomes a little bit easier for you to penetrate into those areas because you've had that service as long as you serve honorably of course Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe the honorable discharge, not just uh, <laughs> yeah, getting yeah. out. Don't game that. the system. Don't play the system. <laughs> no. Um, what, what I was going to ask, ask you was, do you have a preference on like which process is better? I don't understand like the whole GI Bill thing, but you were saying either en like enlist first or go through like the schooling first and then do the services. Do you kind of have one that you prefer? Not saying it's the best for everybody, but it, is there a certain route that you prefer? Actually, no. Uh, again, it depends on the person, right? And yeah. what their goal is. Uh, everybody grows different and everybody has different uh, ways of thinking. But you have to consider joining the military. There's a cut line for your time. So you can wait till you're 40 to consider doing these things. Uh, mm. You're a little younger to do so. So if, if so, for me, I think it, it, different people, different scenarios. So for example, if you're I don't know, 18, uh, you think about going to medical school or you're trying to do something about your life and you just don't know which route, then there's no need for you. Okay, fine, you can be out there and be a productive member of the society, but you just don't haven't figured it out. Yeah. It's an opportunity for you to go straight and join the military and go get the... Um, get the training that you need, understand yeah. uh, uh, how you're supposed to live in the military because it's a whole different lifestyle. And after that, you can come out 
after you've given your time in and service and definitely some benefits and also for you you just grow differently uh, for mm-hmm. other people they go through college and after that they think uh you know i don't know i have so much debt uh, yeah just you know i want something different then you can go ahead and join the military that way as well and give them the service and they can help you out as well you just have to make sure you talk with the recruiter and see what they have to offer and for those that love college and they want to go straight into college and they're like, oh, I don't want to take these loans and whatever. Then there's another route too. You can also go join the military in that route as well to help you out and then just give them uh, the service back. You have to think about if you're planning to join the military, I think the benefits are great, but you have to understand that uh, it's a service, right? Yeah. That you're, you're doing for the nation. Um, you have to go with that mentality and the mindset that you're going to do that and believe that and they will train you to be that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, do that uh, the best as you can because uh, you'll be held accountable at all times. Uh, people are relying on you. Uh, definitely defending the nation here is great. So go with that mindset and after that, uh, see where it takes you. Uh, definitely, you just never know where you might end up. So I'll encourage anybody that feels that they want to do something different, unique for themselves to grow, but at the same time serve mm-hmm. the nation, go for it. Gotcha. And how long did you serve? I served for a total of six years. Six years, okay. Yes. That's that's a long time, but I like it. Thank you. <laughs> no, that's a long time, and that's impressive too, you know, doing that, and then once you're done with that, deciding to go back to school, because I'm sure you had a lot of different, well, you were going through school, but to go to pharmacy school, and decide to finish that route, like that's, you know, that's impressive. It's a, it's a lot of commitments you've been making doing that, then residency, so uh, yeah, a lot of commitments, so definitely. much respect to you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah. And then for my last question was, you know, you traveled around, you've been not only in different cities, but in different countries. Um, You've seen different health disparities that you kind of mentioned in Tennessee. Now you've been in um, Orlando and here at Celebration as well. Where do you think pharmacy is kind of heading? Based off all your experiences, clinical wise, um, outpatient wise, even through just traveling, like where do you kind of see the future of pharmacy going? Yeah. So as far as disparities uh, on healthcare, it depends where you're going, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I grew up in Africa and Kenya, so I saw, <laughs> I saw a fair share of that. Yeah, that's true uh, too. Yeah. And you come to the United States, uh, you can p- put the same thing on the map, right? Some areas are better than the others, and it, it is what it is. But you only think about pharmacy and how far we've come, mm-hmm. uh, just the pharmacy profession uh, since it's been going. Before is a you know is a guy behind the, the counter okay. go ahead make some drugs for me and here you go right but yeah. now we are actually integrated into the whole multidisciplinary team and i think uh there's still more that we can do but just to say since covid maybe it was a blessing maybe not uh, yeah. of course the life that we lost but that's where i think i've seen a lot of changes when it comes to pharmacists and what they can do uh, our scope really expanded um, yeah and I've seen that a lot. So right now you can see different pharmacists uh, embedded into different practices because they see the value of what a pharmacist can bring. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that the training that we get as pharmacists, we are the drug experts. Uh, we are, and that's what we do. We go to school and that's all we learn about. Yeah. Uh, and understanding that part, uh, working in a multidisciplinary team, we have a, a role that we can play. So a doctor cannot, we see that all the time. A doctor cannot, they diagnose great, great, but we also can offer our expertise to be able to make sure that these patients have uh, the optimized medication therapy that they need uh, so that they can get back to their their best uh, performance or best health. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, pharmacists play a great role. Uh, we work here uh, with different uh, groups of people. You have APRNs, you have doctors as well. Yeah. Uh, also case managers as well. When you think yeah. about population health, uh, the expansion of just using pharmacists into these roles to manage chronic diseases as well as acute diseases for those patient, uh, pharmacists working in the inpatient side does bring a lot of benefits because at the end of the day, I think is the results that we were looking for. So better patient outcomes. Yeah. <laughs> very important and at the same time be able to kind of you know uh, specialize into different so this work that everybody that can do so if I were a doctor I would like to have a pharmacist on my side because I don't have to focus too much on the drugs here and if I do have a question I can reach out to that pharmacist yeah. and they can take care of that for me while I deal with the patient and how we need to diagnose them and what we need to do so all that as a team uh, brings best out- outcomes of the patients and as well as if you think about reimbursement then you get more of it as well okay so definitely you're you believe pharmacy will probably have more and more um, well more and more practices will start to have pharmacists embedded in their clinics um, to help uh, kind of relieve it seems like that pressure on the doctors and also really maximize the pharmacist role in that multidisciplinary team correct correct and I think okay. we, we hear that a lot uh, and definitely Alex can attest to this and because we do see a lot of patients about some patients say, you know, it's it's amazing because I've never talked to a pharmacist. I never knew a pharmacist yeah. can tell me these things. Yeah. Oh, man, it's good that I know why I'm taking these medications. Yep. I think I need to actually uh, make these changes. So when you talk to them and just explain to them different things and why we're using them, and then if there's anything as part of their medication therapy is concerned where you can yeah. optimize, maybe get some of things, the things off uh, to make them get to their goal, then... I think is, is amazing and, and yeah. it's good when you hear this uh, feedback from patients that's what I like to hear uh, definitely uh, I think of them as my family yeah. you know? and yeah. it's also shocking that you just made me remember a patient I want to say it's like maybe two or three weeks ago I think she's been like a type 2 diabetic for like two or three years but that wasn't the reason why she was in the hospital but we were just going over her meds and I forgot she was on an SGLT2 inhibitor, but it wasn't Jardins or Farsiga. I forgot which one she was on. I think it was Invokana. And we actually, like I was talking to her about all meds, and she was like, you know, I've never had somebody actually sit down and go med by med like with me. Like, I really appreciate this. I've been on meds for like 20, 30 years, and nobody's ever done this. And it's like, are you serious? Like that, Like, that was just shocking to me. Like, you've never had this experience before in your life. Right. And that's important because I was trying to explain to her like, hey, like Jardins would actually be better for her because she also had heart failure. Um, And just based off the studies and whatnot, and she was just like, I don't know. I've heard bad things. I'm like, bad things compared to Invokana. So that we had to have a conversation about that. And she didn't realize that they were in the same class, same family or anything like that. And she was like, honestly, I don't really know why I'm on Invokana besides it's for diabetes. Like, so that's just like certain things that kind of show like the lapse of information that sometimes these patients have and how we can play a big role going in there to really educate and counsel patients on their medications and provide um, good resources for physicians to help optimize patient therapy, like you kind of mentioned earlier. I agree. You do a better job than Google. Just saying. <laughs> yes. Yes. If Hey, can we, can we clip this and uh, post this? Pharmacist does a better job than Google. So if you need help, patients, please stop going to Google. Don't Google things. Come to your local pharmacist. Come to Sam. All right. He's, he, he does consult services. Uh, I don't know how much it costs, but uh, he does consult services for everybody. $100 an hour? I don't know. But, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll think about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that was it for my question, Sam. I appreciate you for hey, coming on. Thanks for on. having me. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. No, we're glad to have you on Capsule RX. Um, 
it was bound to happen. Oh man, you got me so nervous. <laughs> no, 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 Sweating no. now. I'm just no, no, no. We have fun. We have fun. So now I'm gonna put myself on the hot seat and ask you if you have any questions for me today. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, uh, first of all, this is great that uh, you do this, right? Uh, yeah. I think I was talking to Alex and I was asking Alex, uh, I mean, how does Jovian even do this? Um, it's tough uh, being going through residency, and I think you've had this podcast since you've been a pharmacy student. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that's so, correct. Uh, I mean, I, I have to commend you on doing this. It's very, very hard to be able to yeah. uh, balance this, edit it. I don't know how you were able to do that, but this is a strength that you have. Yeah. But uh, I mean, how do you do it? I mean, because how do uh, I do it? How did you find um, time to do this? I didn't sleep, <laughs> so I don't recommend people do that. I didn't sleep. Um, and when I talk to other people too, that do similar things like this, they don't sleep either. Right. So that seems to be the common thing. We sacrifice something. You don't have enough time in your day for everything, whether it's um, fun, family time, something has to give, right? I forgot who I listened to, but I, I believe it was a podcast or maybe a YouTube vid that I watched somebody. And he was mentioning, if you're going to work out, if you're going to go um, to work, if you're going to study for school, you don't have time to also party spend time with your friends, spend time with your family, and also do side hobbies Some and sleep. Like something's got to give. You only have time for like five things. So you need to pick your five things. Um, so one of the ones I unfortunately did um, is cut out sleep, which I do not recommend. I'm not promoting that, but I'm trying to get better at that. And then I would say the second thing is you got to have people that are almost as passionate as you or motivate you to work even harder. So recruiting people like Alex and Bailey um, having people like Alvin, Rachel, Brandon, um, Jeff, Sean, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we just added Carmen, Carmen, and also Kareem. Like having team members that really motivate me and push me when I see them working and doing awesome stuff. I'm like, oh, I can't go to bed yet. They just did. like it's like a competitive thing. I don't know. I always think of Kobe. And it's like, no, nah, I can't let this person outwork me. So it's like, all right. So since you're working on the podcast, I'm gonna go do something on the podcast too because I can't let you outwork me. So having people that motivate me and push me. Um, and try to stay as consistent as possible because the motivation will fade. Trust me. If you're going to use motivation as your tool to get things done, things, things that aren't going to get done all the time. So it's like just being consistent. That's the biggest thing. I was actually just having a conversation, um, with someone regarding something else, a different side project. Cause y'all know I got side project, a uh, different side project. Yeah. And I was like, I have to be consistent with this. This is the most important thing. Across the board, whatever side project I do, I want people to know it's consistent. So I told Alex, like, I got to be better. I got to make sure we're dropping every Monday. Like, it needs to be consistent. Consistency needs to be my number one theme. And so I have that in mind. I'm telling myself to always be consistent. So that just pushes me to make sure I deliver. So being honest to, to myself, giving my word to my coworkers. Um, I don't want to call them coworkers because they're not getting paid. But <laughs> but my, uh, my friends that like to collaborate with me. Um, everybody's part of the podcast team, you know, giving them my word that they can rely and trust on me. So I got to make sure I deliver. So that's a big thing. And then, like I said, making, I don't sleep one. That's the number one thing. Number two, surrounding yourself with people that motivate you and inspire you to, to be better. And then three, just having that intrinsic goal to want to be consistent or have an intrinsic goal of, I'm always, I always say you want to be detached from the outcome. So it's not like I have a finalized product where I want this many Instagram followers. I want this many people to listen to a podcast episode. I want to make this much money off of merch. No. All I know is that I want it to be great and I want us to enjoy the process and I want it to be fun. So I try to detach myself from the outcome. I don't know if 
Alex is the numbers guy, so he's the one that can't be detached from the outcome. Because <laughs> you need to have somebody that's about numbers. You can't just have nobody about numbers to get things done. Yeah. So it's like, you got to have somebody that does, but you also have somebody that's just more of a visionary. It's just wanting to do things and expand and to make things creative and fun. So that's how I did that during residency. I really need to sleep, though. Oh, you know I miss what? sleep. T- 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 <laughs> I miss Get some sleep. sleep. Yeah, I miss sleep. I'm not gonna lie. You know what? Uh, this is pretty good that you're doing this, and yeah. I, and uh, I mean, I commend you on that to be yeah. able to, to balance everything. It's, yeah. it's it's tough business getting into this, but still, they need to subscribe, please. Yeah, and I think. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> Sam. Sam's for, hey, <laughs> free marketing too. Free marketing always helps. Yeah, subscribe. If you haven't hit that like button, is that what they say on YouTube? I don't have a YouTube channel. If you haven't hit that like button, hit the like button right now. You see it right there. It's at the bottom left corner. Um, no, we're not on, on YouTube, but we are on Instagram. So oh, at yeah. Capsule RX, um, definitely go ahead and check us out. Um, at Capsule RX podcast, definitely follow us, um, like our content, go ahead. And we're also on Facebook, so you can follow our page. Um, reach out to us on LinkedIn if you ever need anything. Man, we're, we're just trying to be the best that we can be. If you guys have any feedback, um, any weaknesses that you guys feel I have, Alex has, Bailey has, um, let us know. We're trying to improve. We're trying to get better. Uh, we want to make sure we deliver the best content to everybody. So we appreciate any um, feedback, even if it's not the nicest thing. Please be honest with us. We truly appreciate it. But like Sam said, you got to subscribe. Yeah. You got to sure. subscribe. But hey, thank you so much for having me. I really thank you, Sam. It was an honor I to appreciate be able to talk you. to you and your audience. So thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you. All right.